Baseball Sports Desk weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diodonna, along with assistant sports editor Bo Troutman. We are coming to you not from any press box, from our remote homes, uh, as we are still in the uh, stay-at-home order uh, because of the coronavirus. Um, but we will be talking about some of the more fun times we've had in press boxes today without any sports actually going on uh, at the moment. We're going to bring you our top uh, moments of things that we've covered, our most fun and enjoyable and memorable things that we've gotten to cover as uh, professional reporters. So, yeah, so just enjoy some uh, some return to some lighthearted sports talk and uh, uh, some fun memories here. So, Bo, I mean, you know, you've been a reporter for a few years now as far as, you know, in college and, you know, at a couple stops here as a post-grad professional. Mm-hmm. Let's start with your first one. Tell us about, uh, you know, one of your top memories. Yeah, man. So uh, first off is, uh, so my, what was it? It was the year the Cubs won the World Series, which would have been my senior year. So what happened was we, uh, you know, we made the paper on, I believe it was a Wednesday, and that was the last game of the World Series. And so obviously, for those who remember, that last World Series game was really crazy with Aroldis Chapman, and then there was like the rain delay, you know. And so once we were finished making the paper at the Grand Valley Lanthorn, we all watched the game there which went really late, but then me and then a photographer by the name of Kevin Seelaff, who I worked with in college, uh, who's now serving our country, actually, in Afghanistan, last I checked. He's uh, uh, with the military out there. He he and I had a flight scheduled for, like, I think it was like 5.50 in the morning or something like that. And so, yeah, so like, we, so what we did was we watched the World Series that ended you know, past 1 a.m. And then I tried to stay up because we had a flight for Baltimore because uh, for those who don't know, a couple years ago, Grand Valley State had one of their football players, Matt Judon, taken in the fifth round uh, by the Baltimore Ravens. He's still there. He's doing really well, actually. He made the Pro Bowl uh, this past season. And uh, basically what happened was, was, um, you know, I kept in contact with him and he got us basically interviews, in-person interviews out there at the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens facilities. So we had a 5 a.m. flight for Baltimore and I tried to stay up, but I fell asleep and with like some Taco Bell. And then like I woke up to like my phone ringing and it was Kevin to pick me up. And like I always shudder at that thought of like, what if I had, you know, slept in or like, you know, something like that. But anyway, so we... We get to Baltimore and we get to the Ravens team facility, which is really beautiful. And, uh, you know, like we, at first, um, Kevin took his photos and we were kind of on this little like patio watching them practice with like NFL Network was there and some other film crews and stuff. And we got to watch the players kind of come do their postgame interviews uh, with the press. And then they went into the locker room. And so Kevin went to go edit his photos. And then this Ravens intern, he looks at me and he goes, hey, man, like you ready to go in the locker room? And I was like what? (laughs) Like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, come on, man. So I walk in the locker room and bam, first person I see make make eye contact is Devin Hester, uh, who was with the team at that time, one of the last stops of his career. And so I walk in and I ended up talking to Judon right in the middle of the locker room. And some guys were like snapping towels at him and stuff. And kind of laughing, but, you know, I really appreciated that Matt, you know, he, he made that happen for us, but then he also gave us his full, you know, undivided attention when I talked to him, so I thought I really appreciated that, and uh, so then I was waiting, and, you know, just kind of basking in the glory of, like, holy cow, I'm in an NFL locker room, and uh, I had my Lanthorn press pass on, and all of a sudden, uh, someone grabbed my press pass, and, you know, I looked up, and it was Terrell Sucks, and he's sitting there looking at me, and he goes, who are you? And I was like, ah, uh, uh, you know, I was, like, stammering, I was, I was like, my heart started racing, I was like, oh my god, 
God. And the intern, he saw this happen. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, Terrell, no, it's fine. He's cool. And uh, Terrell Suggs is like, he's good. He's good. He's like, all right. He's like, I'm just making sure you weren't a spy for Belichick. And, you know, I started laughing and I actually pulled out my Oakland Raiders wallet. And I go, no, man, look, I'm a Raiders fan. And he was like, Raiders, they just kicked our butt. Although he, he didn't say butt, but we got to got to keep it PG on the uh, from the press box. But, uh, you know, so that was funny. And uh, you know, so I also I talked to Elvis Dumerville, who was kind of uh, in the same position as Matt. He was a former pro bowler. I think he's retired now, but I talked to him for the story. But then also they had told me that Terrell had already like fulfilled his media obligation for the week or you know he wasn't going to talk but i was like you know what man i'm a college student i flew all the way freaking out here i'm talking to terrell Suggs. so i like approached him at his locker I was like hey man like you know it'd be really meaningful to me if i could get a quote real quick about Manhattan. and he looked at me he's like, all right but just one and i was like okay all right and so and he get, he delivered like the best quote of the whole story it was like this one little story or this little quote and uh from there we spent the rest of the day in baltimore our flight back wasn't until like nine o'clock and uh you know me and kevin just like walk the city streets i'm a big fan of the show uh the wire and like seeing like the domino sugar sign that's always in the intro of that show and like you know kind of just being there it was like really like really really meaningful to me and my one regret though of being downtown baltimore was kevin didn't like seafood and i had this idea it was a place that would have met like both of our like tastes but my phone died and i could we couldn't find it we had to settle on a barbecue place and i never got to have baltimore seafood so like now i have like yeah so now i have like a a reason to go back so <laughs> that that's my first one so that's awesome that's a really good one love i love this the sucks insert to that because it would be a meaningful and fun story anyway right but yeah. just adding all that on the icing on top it just makes that really really awesome yeah it, um, it was that's super that's super cool and especially as a college student you know you're like all right so where do i go from here now right yeah it's like well i peaked early yeah right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. super fun that's super fun for sure yeah um so i'll start with the craziest local story that i've ever covered uh and i will explain why it was so crazy and it was the uh hope college women's volleyball team winning the national championship uh, six years ago and it was crazy for a lot of reasons first of all winning a national championship is crazy right that's just in general that's crazy so and it was very meaningful to hope for just for winning but also because the year before the championships were at hope and they got upset in the quarterfinals feeling the nerves of being the host and so then the, then the next year they they also beat calvin in the semifinals uh, of the rivalry you know number one versus number two uh, for like the fifth time that year <laughs> mm-hmm. um and that that got them into the finals and they beat emory in five sets emory from atlanta uh in five sets in the championship and this was in newport news virginia at uh, on the campus of christopher newport and so that's all just the, the regular logistics of it so here's what makes it crazy for me. First of all, it was a very, I was very invested in this team because we, I, you know, I kind of thought they were going to win the year before. The the senior class was loaded uh, with five like superstar style players, and they had been playing at Hope. You know, they'd been starting since they were freshmen, and one of them was from West Ottawa, so I'd been covering her for even longer. And I really got to know that team. That was one of the first teams that I really got to know as a reporter. Everyone on the team, not just a couple star players. And so that was really exciting. But so the crazy part, Bo is our assistant now. Back then, our assistant sports editor was Michael Applegate. And he left the Sentinel right before then. He gave his 
three weeks notice. I got to give him credit. He gave three weeks notice instead of two. But his last day was the Friday right before this weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. um, which was, you know, uh, um, I think right before Thanksgiving. Uh, the week, the weekend before. It was the weekend before Thanksgiving. I'm without an assistant sports editor because we ended up just for financial reasons. Sounds like a lot of companies out there. We waited until January 1st to hire somebody. So I had pretty much the whole, you know, I had six weeks of flying solo, which in itself wasn't that hard. This weekend it was hard. So that Saturday I went to the state swim meet that thankfully was at the Holland Aquatic Center, the one I needed to go to. And Holland's Taylor Garcia set the rec- all-time record for most state championships won in the state of Michigan in any sport, which was memorable in itself and was awesome. We knew it was going to happen, so it wasn't quite as epic. You know, she so between the relays and the individuals and the team titles, she ended up with 17 state titles, which is out of a possible 20. Oh, my gosh. Which is insane. So I go to that. It's over. It's 4 o'clock. I go immediately from there to Hope College because the Hope women and men are playing their season opener for basketball back-to-back. So I get there. You know, middle middle way through the women's game. Then there's the men's game. I got to write stories on all these by deadline, print deadline. And then I got back to the office and live was live streaming the Hope Calvin semi national semifinal in volleyball. Then I had to write that. So I had to write all four of those stories while my intern went to cover the Zealand West football team in the state semifinals. That was all on one day when I was flying solo. <laughs> oh, my God. So then I, I got them all in by, by deadline. <laughs> so I don't know how I did it. Um, but it was, we got there, you know, it got everything done. And then Hope beat Calvin in the semifinals for volleyball. And that was Saturday night. And since Hope's Christian institution, they, it's in the NCAA contracts that they don't play a championship on sun on a Sunday, if that's a school that's in it, or if anyone has objections to it. So it was Monday. So I just finished this 16 hour day of covering these four epic events. Then I went to sleep, woke up and drove to Virginia. Oh my God. <laughs> and I ended up staying at my cousins in D.C. on both ends of this. And the championship was Monday afternoon. And... They won in five sets, and thankfully. <laughs> I would have been really would have been a real downer to drive all the way there and have them lose. And then I drove I wrote three or four live stories and did a gallery and video and everything like that. Left the venue at you know, it was a one o'clock game, left the venue at maybe six or seven o'clock, drove back to DC, stayed at my cousins again, and then drove back the next day. So it was an insane whirlwind where I had the busiest day of my career by far, followed by a drive to D.C. <laughs> oh, my to God. to Virginia the following day. That's insane. Uh, only to have an epic moment the next day and then drive all the way back to Holland the next day <laughs> after that. So wow. it was a pretty pretty crazy fortnight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but like I said, they won. It was so emotional. It was so, uh, it was so great. And, you know, just for them to have redemption after the year before and just the way it happened and just, I, it was, it's a fun story I'll always have is that the craziest weekend ever got crazier because I had to, I finally finished the crazy and then turned and drove to Virginia. <laughs> so, um, oh so that, God. that would be, that's probably my most memorable just because of all the moving parts to it. You know, right. there's been yeah. some pretty cool things that we'll talk about here in a couple minutes that, that I've been able to do. But it's never had that many layers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely worth it and just very memorable. So oh, that's awesome. Uh, you haven't lived till you've worked 16 hours, covered four epic events, season openers, championships, you know, whatever, and then driven the next day to Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh so God. glad that they won. <laughs> like, you, we're not supposed to root, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, as reporters, we're very objective. 
mm. you know. But in my head, that was one of the few times in my head, I'm like, come on, I drove all this way, they gotta win, right? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so that's the first one for me. That's cool. All right, Bo, what's your next one? All right, well, number two, uh, it actually happened a couple months before uh, the Judon thing. So me and Kevin, again, uh, we're on the road. Soccer. Yeah, no doubt. It was actually it was me, Kevin, and my dad, actually. We rented, uh, it was actually a Dodge Charger. Or it was either a Dodge Charger or a Challenger. I forget which one. But it had, like, a supercharger engine, and, like, it was a nice car, man. But uh, nice. we took the road trip to, to on Hamilton, Ontario, which is the home of the Hamilton Tiger Cats Canadian Football League team. And uh, what we did was, so another Grand Valley football player uh, by the name of Brandon Revenberg, he's an offensive lineman. He is a Canada native, and to be eligible for the Canadian draft, um, you have to be actually born in Canada. So any other, like, col- former college college players you see in the CFL, um, if they weren't born in Canada, they can only be picked up as free agents, which is kind of weird. Or I think they might even do a U.S. player draft. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, so uh, the summer before my senior year at college, I had talked to the Tiger Cats GM about a story, and he was actually a journalism major like myself, and we got talking for like a good hour. And then he's like, hey, you know, why don't you come up to a game this year? And I was like, heck yeah, man. <laughs> Let's do it. And uh, we made... It's not that far. Oh, yeah. It, was, it wasn't that bad of a drive. And uh, so, yeah, we made it happen. And, um, you know, they were very nice to us. And but we got to Hamilton and uh, we stayed up there and we went to cover the game. And it was it was so crazy. It's so, like the day of the game, like we drove there. And a big thing that people did there was they would park uh, on the lawns of people's houses surrounding the stadium and then just walk to the stadium. Like, I mean, like every house is doing this. It was crazy. And uh, we get in there and, you know, they start with, you know, the big Canadian flag over the field and like, you know, all the cool pregame stuff. And Kevin got to go out on the field and shoot I was up in the press box and my dad, they even let him in the press box uh, as a guest to us. And it was cool, you know, watching. Um, I saw some former college players I knew, like Jeremiah Masoli, former Oregon quarterback, some other players. And, you know, I actually, I got to talking to the, the sports writers, you know, who all, you know, lived in Canada. And, you know, they were asking me about where I was from. And, you know, I, I actually befriended a couple of them, added them on Facebook. And, uh, you know, they're kind of guiding me through the whole process, telling me about the team and kind of what they were expecting that season. And then I got to go in the locker room, talk to Brandon. And that was really cool. I remember like when I walked in there and he saw me, he's like, dude. And I was like, dude, <laughs> look at us, you know? And it was, it was really cool. Talked to him for a while. And then, uh, you know, got to talk to the coach and, uh, it's just a whole great experience. We, we spent a couple night or no, it was just about one night in Canada. Actually, I got my hair cut up there. This French barbershop that was kind of a unique experience. And then, uh, I actually saw a guy rob something. He ran out of a restaurant with something and it was kind of weird. <laughs> ran right by. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. There are there's Tim Hortons everywhere too, like you know, like Starbucks you here. Yeah, yeah, it's like I remember we got a sixty-piece Timbit, and like we just had it like from like the entire time, like part of the drive while we were there, and like the drive back, we we're just munching on Timbits the whole <laughs> time. Yeah, so like that was cool, and like you know, it, was, it opened my eyes kind of to what. And I remember one night too, we went out for a drink, and I remember it was the weirdest thing. Like we were at this place called the Flamingo Bar, and we we're sitting out of in course, this patio. Of course, it was called that. Exactly. Yeah, and like there were four nightclubs, two on either side of us then two across and they closed off the street and all these young people were like bouncing around between the nightclubs and they're just like street vendors there's a guy selling roses to people and like it was super cool it was just like this unique experience and like uh, i really hold it close to my heart so like that was my that's number two for me it was really really fun time so that's very cool all right i'm gonna 
get back to my baseball roots here for this next one, and I'm going to tie a couple of them together. So it starts in 2006. This is one of my first years here, and I was covering the Whitecaps, and this was, we had more reporters, more space, and more money back in 2006. So I was like an actual beat writer for the Whitecaps. I probably covered 40 of their games, you know, instead of like, or 40 or 45 of their games instead of like 12, you know, Mm -hmm. or something like that, you know, like we do now. Uh, Just logistically, we had more people and more resources. And they ended up winning the uh, Midwest League Championship. And uh, that was super cool. And got doused with the beer, not champagne. It's just minor league baseball. So everybody had their their, uh, cans of really cheap beer that they were spraying <laughs> all over everybody, yeah. which was super fun to be a part of, especially after covering them all year and and being able to cover baseball all year. And just in general, the Whitecaps has been, has been very fun over the years getting to cover guys before they get to the, the big leagues like Cameron Mabin and obviously El Garcia, Jair Jurgens, and a whole bunch of other guys, Brennan Bosch. That's been super fun to be able to see them make it to the major leagues. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of other guys, too, that have done that. Um, but those those guys are specific guys that I used to interview quite a bit. And then, uh, so, a, but like a few weeks after that, it, this was in 2006, the Tigers won the pennant. And I got to go cover that. And so I was at covering the game at Comerica Park when Maglio Ordonius hit the pennant winning home run so jealous uh to to eliminate the a's and and win the pennant and i got to be interviewing on the field afterward interviewed uh willie horton and some other tigers uh greats and current players on the field come back in and the champagne's off flying and our photographer dennis Geppert had would, came to this with us as well uh, again back when we had a little more money <laughs> to, to travel a little bit more and yeah i mean i got soaked i mean you know you just think you know it's one of those situations as a reporter you just think man i better not get pulled over on the way home uh (laughs) right it's just awful so the one that i I mean i remember i was in the you know a scrum of people talking to maglio when he came in and you know doing some of the press conferences they had and stuff but the biggest moment for me that makes this in addition to just being exciting a pennant a pennant winning home run does not happen every day you know Um, but so verlander was a rookie that year and i was kind of like a rookie reporter uh as far as the big time and stuff and i was interviewing him one-on-one in the locker room and uh you know he had just won the rookie of the year and you know was you know this he was so wide-eyed because he couldn't believe it you know his first full year they went <laughs> they win the pennant and they're going to the world series and he's just you know over the moon and so i'm talking to him and he's you know giving great answers it was the first you know i'm lucky that that's the first of many times that i've gotten to interview verlander over the years and that's i mean when they were real good for a few years in a row there he actually recognized my face at least which was nice so i'm talking to him i still have this audio somewhere but it's on like an actual like mini tape because it's before digital recorders mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> became big um i still have the mini tape somewhere so i'm talking to interviewing verlander and all of a sudden he stops in mid-sentence and goes get him will get him will get him will <laughs> and will ledesma the relief pitcher dumped an entire bottle of champagne on my head oh my god <laughs> uh it was like one of the <laughs> It's one of the highlights of my life, I have to say. Yeah. And it was just hilarious. And, uh, you know, kicked off some other, you know, great Tigers coverage. I got to cover pretty much all their playoff games all the years 
that they were, you know, that they were good. Got to cover the World Series. Of course, I got hit with champagne again in 2012, I think it was, but it was the Giants winning and they clinched at Comerica Park, but it was still the World Series mm-hmm. championship there. But the getting interviewing Verlander and getting a champagne bottle dumped on my head, that's... Uh, <laughs> It's tough to top that one. So, Very tough. Uh, yeah. That's my second one there. So Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, over to Bo for number three. All right. Well, number three. So my junior year of college, actually, I, you know, my first sports writing experience was with the Lanthorn and then with the Sentinel, you know, stringing for them, you know, doing football, high school football games, high school events and stuff, my junior year of college. And then for the Lanthorn, I was the beat writer. My first beat ever was the Grand Valley women's tennis team, which, uh, you know, that was really cool too. I, you know, that was my first feature writing and stuff. And like, uh, it was really instrumental and I had a really great boss by the name of, uh, Adam North, a student paper and like having him and then like Dan, you know, just duo. I was really fortunate to get like a really like solid ground to stand on, you know, have people who really knew what they were doing, uh, help oh, me thanks, out. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. And, uh, so I didn't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I got really lucky. Uh, cause you know, I, I don't think that everybody really gets that privilege that, you know, to have people in their life that, you know, can really guide you when you're first starting out. And, uh, so like also with that, just that kind of the first experience, you know, after the women's tennis, uh, in the winter, it was the Grand Valley women's basketball team who would end up making the final four that year. And they were just, it was just fun. It was just to be around like greatness, like for the first time, uh, you know, like true, you know, like just like, you know, next level, you know, kind of like great athletes and stuff. Like it was really awesome. And they went to the final four, uh, did win the whole thing but still like the whole journey of that it really prepared me too for like you know my ne- the next year I would cover like Grand Valley football and you know be in charge of the the sports section at the paper and stuff so like that was like a really great like first experience and like uh I remember like I really like uh the current they're still there uh coach uh, Mike Williams and then his assistant Phil Sayers some great freaking guys man and I remember one time just a, a little anecdote and so after the regular season games you know I go down by the locker room and you know wait for them to come out and talk to them and uh after games and uh I remember this one time I mean they won it was they literally won like 80 to like 30 or something it's just a blowout man and uh I walked back there and it was you know Mike and Phil but then also they had uh, two female assistants too and like I, I forget their name but they were there too and you know they're kind of waiting and phil was like pacing back and forth and he's like he was upset about the officiating in a game in which they had won by 50 points <laughs> and you know it just goes to show you what it's you know what greatness really means and you know how, how nitpicky they were how much they you know ever you know didn't matter how much they won by you know and he was like fuming about it and he ended up he like took this clipboard and just like chucked it against the wall and he's like you know and he's all like mad and then he looks at me and he goes and Bo that is off the record but like in like in a good hearted way not like you know not anger but when like everybody started laughing and like it was just like they were just really cool people and uh it was really instrumental too just like as like an early like a good experience so uh that's got to be number three for me very cool all right, I'm going to jump into the pool here. Obviously, we do a lot of swim coverage here because mm-hmm. swimming is fantastic and pretty much unparalleled nationwide for a area our size. Uh, the amount of swim talent that this area produces is just unbelievable. Yeah. So I've had a few, like with the sta- state championships that I've covered, you know, I've seen the Holland, uh, my first state swim meet, the Holland boys defeated Ann Arbor Pioneer in the state championship meet, which was unbelievable. Pioneer had won like 10 in a row. And... 
it was it was the best team to team like head to head battle I've ever seen. Uh, as far as just both teams were were loaded, lots of studs, great relays, had a little bit of everything, and it came down to the last relay, and it was just super exciting. The West Ottawa boys had the same thing last year; they won on the last touch of the last relay. The Zealand boys have had a swim meet like a state meet like that where they only won by a couple of points, and you know Hamilton's won, Holland Christian's won, uh, but those were somewhat expected, or at least expected them to be in it. The best, and I'm going to lead up to some other swimming stuff here too uh, as, as I'm talking about this, but the best state meet I've honestly ever covered was so unpredictable. I mean, I've seen the Holland girls won three in a row at one point. You know, everybody's basically had their hand in a victory since I've been here, which is so cool. Which is really so cool to think about when you're talking about state championships. The West Ottawa girls one year, a few years back now, probably like five or six years ago, they they went into the state meet ranked third. No one thought anything of it. The last year they were, the year before they were ranked third, and they had a, collectively had kind of a poor state meet, and they finished six or seven. Um, they were all disappointed. They came in ranked third based on what they had done, you know, against the top teams throughout the year, and they won. Wow. And it was not like a, it wasn't like in some of these instances, like that first one, Hollander, Ann Arbor, Pioneer, you knew one of those two teams was going to win. You know, it's just who showed up that day, but you knew it was going to be one of those two teams. And that's kind of how that went with all the things. A great meet for them would have been finishing second mm -hmm. on paper going in. But everybody that they had qualified, you know, the people that, you know, had kind of barely qualified for the state meet snuck into the B final. The people who were in the B final, you know, seated in the B final snuck into the A final. Mm -hmm. You know, and the people that were in the A final finished in the top three, four in their events. And they won two of the relays and got second in the third relay. So it was just a meet of epic proportions where they all put it together on Friday, the prelims day, put themselves in that position. And boom, the momentum just carried event after event. And then a team and and the Holland girls won that same year in Division Two. And I was planning on going to the West Auto meet on Friday. And then going across the state for Holland on Saturday. But I had to stay. It was at the Aquatic Center in Holland. West Ottawa's surprising win. Because I knew, based on what they did, that they had a shot at winning now. Mm. And we knew Holland was going to win. This was in the middle of their three-in-a-row dynasty. But that was pretty pretty epic because I didn't see it coming. And then a couple years before, you had the Holland girls. They won the state meet bowl where they had they finished first or second in every event. Never been done. Wow. First or second in every event. A couple of them, they went one, two. Jeez, oh, Pete. Um, every event except diving. They didn't have a diver. Yeah. But they won all three relays, and they won every... They uh, First or second in every event. They won every event except for the breaststroke. Oh, my God. Poor Melissa Vandermeulen got second. <laughs> How dare she? Yeah. They won everything else, and they set a national record for the medley relay. Oh, my God. It's a national record. I mean, like, the, the, it's better than a lot of college times. It's ridiculous. Wow. It's better It's better than the... For a while, it was better than the pool record by the guys. <laughs> Jeez, man. So it's, it's unbelievable. So all that has led to even bigger swim meets, covering the NCAA championships, watched uh, Courtney Bartholomew almost win the NCAA championship so many times. I think she had five runner-up finishes, you know, and we're talking runner-up finishes to like Missy Franklin, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like no shame, you know, no shame <laughs> right. finishing second to Missy Franklin, one of the greatest Olympians of all time, whatever, you know, no biggie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, but I, but. I've gotten to cover the last the last two Olympic trials, and that is the big moment for me as a reporter is because I get to see the local kids from here, Christy Young, Adam DeYoung, Courtney Bartholomew, Taylor Garcia, Emily Boss, Eric Solis, you name it. We got some epic swimmers that we've had from here over the years, Clay Youngquist, get to swim at the trials. 
but then also at the same time you get to interview Michael Phelps, you know, like, so it it was, it was pretty epic. And some of you listeners, especially listeners that have made it this far in this podcast uh, (laughs) will know that I have, uh, I also write for Swimming World Magazine and, you know, being able to cover the trials and stuff for the Sentinel kind of opened that door too. Um, So I've gotten to do some pretty cool things there. So, but I mean, it's hard to narrow any of that down because there's so many cool swimming things at different levels, but that was covering the trials has definitely been awesome. Some of those state meets were just pretty epic. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's whatever we're at now. My number three, or uh, yeah, no, my number three. So, yeah. All right, back to you, Bo. Number four. All right. Six, I think. Yeah, yeah, six each. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, number four. Just in case you listeners are going, gosh, how many are they going to do? <laughs> right. No, yeah, no, number four for me is, uh, so uh, my junior year of college, uh, me and then a guy by the name of Josh Pike, uh, who I went to college with and still is one of my best friends in life. And he, he also entered at the Sentinel. He did, yep. So yeah, many readers might uh, remember that name. And uh, uh, him and I, so my junior year, I did like this sports writing contest put on, I forget who it was put on by, like uh, MOS, what are, like Michigan Office Supply. Yeah, I think that's what it was, Michigan Office Supply. Uh, they held this sports writing competition where a bunch of like journalism students reported on a Griffins game. And then Pete Walner of MLive was there, he, who still works at MLive. He like judged the stories and then one lucky winner got to like uh, uh, come back with Pete, you know, talk to him and then cover another Griffins game. Well, so, uh, oh, and receive an, M- an MLive uh, byline. So my junior year, I didn't win it, but then my senior year I did. And uh but actually real quick, back to my junior year, when I didn't win it, or no, hold on. Oh my god, yeah, this is what quarantine's doing to me. Right. No. <laughs> junior year I didn't win it, but then senior year, after we did the first night, Josh and I went out to uh Hopcat in Grand Rapids, and that night is crucial for not only that, but because we were at this bar and this bartender came up and was like, dude, gotta try this beer. Like it's the best one in the whole bar. And like it's uh it's called Old Nations M forty three, which is now like my favorite beer of all time and i'm big in the craft beer and like so that was like crucial for those two moments <laughs> and i ended up like loving this beer I've, I've been to their brewery in lansing and so anyway but i actually ended up winning and i got to go back and with pete walner and you know we, i got to cover a game and uh it ended up being it was tom mccullum who was pulled up to the red wings a couple times a uh, long time griffins goalie it was his night back against uh, his old team because he left the griffins and then he came back to uh, van andel and uh it actually went to a shootout and tom mccullum team i forget who he was playing for at the time lost in the shootout but like it was still like this epic you know game it lived up to all the hype and they actually gave him despite being on the losing team they gave him like the the number one star of the game and like he he came out and all the fans like cheered him on after the game and like it was this really heartwarming moment and it was just really cool to be a part of that and i got to have a story in the grand rapids press and yeah i thought that was pretty cool so that's number four for me definitely very cool very cool um i'm gonna go i'm gonna stick with hockey hey Uh, we're gonna stick with the hockey theme Bo's predecessor, Chris Zadarosny, and I got to cover the last game at the Joe. Oh, so we were at the last Red Wings game at the Joe Louis Arena. And we also were both at the first game at Little Caesars Arena as well, um, which was even a different kind of localized just because Luke Witkowski from Holland was on the Red Wings that year. So he was there and we got to talk to him, you know, after the first game at the Joe. I mean, the first game at Little Caesars, excuse me. But mm-hmm. the last game at the Joe, I mean, all the childhood memories of going there as a kid and walking around and seeing all the, you know, the the, the banners and all the legends and everything and just having everybody at the, you know, all these former Red Wings, hundred and some former Red Wings raising their sticks on the ice in a circle in the O of spelling Joe on the ice at the end was just awesome. And it, for me, it was extra awesome because Chris 
Chris loves the Red Wings like I love baseball. And so he was just like, this was like one of the greatest moments of his life, for sure. I mean, mine too. It was awesome. But like to see how much fun Chris had and how he was soaking it in and, uh, you know, just remembering all the things as a kid that you see, you know, you see, you know, obviously some of the legends are there, but you see, you know, the different things, you know, the plan, the journey song, <laughs> you know, and oh, yeah. like, all the all these kind of things are super cool and this you know and very emotional when you know you see him wheeling Vladimir Konstantinov out in a wheelchair you know from when he was you know in that accident after they won their second Stanley Cup of this 90s group just to be in that where all that history happened and then all those cups were won and all those legends played from Eisenman to Lidstrom to Gordie Howe it just was it was it was just a super cool thing to be a part of and I was very fortunate to be able to cover that and put that into perspective um, for our readers uh, but just also to to uh you know to to be able to enjoy that too um was, was pretty awesome so that's definitely on the list for me oh that's awesome man that must have been that must have been sweet dude that's like a piece of history right there yeah. for sure all right well hey uh number five going on to that for me is uh so also so back at grand valley to see how much fun chris had you know my junior year adam nor my boss at the time he covered the football team he had the football beat for the fall season but then obviously you know many colleges do like spring games every year so like because i had gotten the sports editor job and like you know obviously i had to go to that spring game and kind of familiarize myself and start building those relationships uh with you know head coach matt mitchell and some of the other guys and uh just be a you know be a face that they recognize you know it came down to me covering them uh, my senior year. So I was at the spring football game uh, my junior year, and uh, this guy approached me and introduced himself in, in the press box, and I talked to him for a little bit. Really nice guy. His name was Alton Voss, uh, who was on the football team. And this other guy, uh, this other sports writer, Greg Johnson, who uh, whose readers uh, might be familiar with his name. He does a lot of local stuff around West Michigan, uh, especially yeah, in he golf. Works, he works for the Grand Rapids Press when I started here, and then now he uh, runs the Golf Association of Michigan Media Sets. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's a really really great guy um i saw him at a lot of grand valley stuff i really like him and uh he after i got done talking to alton alton kind of went his own way and left the press box and greg he kind of tapped me on the shoulder hey you know do you know who that was i was like no and we ended up filling me in on his story and it's wild i mean it's a crazy crazy story and uh basically long story short alton was a three-star quarterback in the same recruiting class as tim tebow out of florida also out of florida like tim tebow went to south florida had offers i think he had an offer from the University of Florida. I'm actually, my memory is flubbing on that one, but, uh, and he ended up getting into drugs and had a really hard time with that, got really deep into it, got arrested in Holland, actually, while he was visiting here, and he met some, uh, this woman who became kind of like his second mom in, in Michigan, and it was his lawyer, actually, and she ended up sending him to a rehab center in, I believe it was B Buenos Aires, and he turned his life around. I mean, to completely, you know, complete 180, and, you know, just totally became this positive guy. He actually speaks uh, still at high schools and colleges and other places, kind of talking about his experiences and, you know, how to kind of not go down those roads that he went down. And um, so I, I didn't know this. And from talking to him for the first time, like, dude, I would have had no clue that he, this guy had this wild backstory. He was the nicest guy. So, you know, I ended up getting to know him uh, pretty well. And someone else at the Lanthorn had kind of done a story like that. But uh, during his senior season and my senior season, uh, he was 28 years old and he was trying to make it to the NFL. You know, he was putting his best foot forward and the Jim Rome radio show actually got a hold of him and interviewed him on, you know, national, you know, public radio, which was sweet. Not NPR, sorry, but, you know, just uh, a big radio platform. And uh, and so then I was like, well, I got to do a story on this. So I ended up doing this gigantic, it's still to this day, the longest story I've ever written. And, and trust me, I write some long freaking stories, man. 
And uh, it was insane. I talked to um, Alton, obviously, but then like five other people, with it, including his agent, you know, Coach Matt Mitchell, you know, our, our design department at the Lanthorn did this really cool cover for the, the, the paper. And uh, that was one of the most, one of the toughest just as far as, like, how much time it took, and then, like, uh, one of the greatest, like, experiences I've had, and I remember, like, uh, I got, like, a lot of props from that one, I remember, like, some of the GVSU, kind of heavyweight, kind of the movers and shakers there, kind of sent me some emails that were really positive, and I remember I went to interview, uh, Thomas Haas, the president of Grand Valley at the time, I remember I went to go interview him, and he had a copy of the article sitting on his desk, I thought that was pretty cool, and, like, um, nice. pe people rea really reacted to that positively, and, uh, that was definitely one of the, the greatest experiences I've ever had as a sports writer, and, like, I don't know, that was, I was like you can make a book out of that guy's story man it, it was truly sure. he's an exceptional guy really uh i believe he's he's just doing kind of a more of a normal job not the nfl uh but uh you know it's like he's, he's a really inspiring story and he's you know he's still you know doing speeches and stuff about it and like i, I really respect alton voss so that'll be Very number cool. number five for me very cool and it kind of all started by accident yeah. which is awesome <laughs> yeah um yeah. so that's that those are the fun stories too Mm -hmm. um, so number five for me, um, back to baseball, shockingly, and this is not to take away from a lot of stuff that I've covered here, Hope Women's Final Four, you know, track state championships, you know, other, you know, state finals in football, but, you know, this one, you'll understand, being the baseball fan, uh, in 2005, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game was in Detroit, and that i mean they won they ended up like randomly kind of almost randomly winning the pennant or surging to that level the next year but they were pretty bad at this point they just gotten pudge rodriguez you know they were starting to put a couple pieces together but they're still a long way away from being a contender so having the all-star game in detroit was like the biggest thing since like it was the you know biggest thing since they you know the last game of tiger stadium for sure mm -hmm. and so i got to cover that for the sentinel my first year here and it was amazing and i got to cover the whole weekend of it not just the game so i was there on sunday to watch verlander pitch in the the futures game so that was pretty fun and in, in, in general just that that part part of it was awesome then that legend so you know that legend celebrity softball game that they do mm -hmm. that was pretty neat um, oh, we got yeah. to cover that and so i we got to you know media got to kind of rush the field afterward and try to pick off some people and i got to interview my favorite player of all time andre dawson was playing in that and that was the first time i got to interview him um i oh, had the privilege of interviewing him a couple of times but that face to face on the field after he'd wall up the softball a couple of times you know one hop in the wall at comerica with a softball right <laughs> but yeah. just amazing uh, not the little fence they put up either i'm talking about the fence uh, yeah so that was super fun just to be able to you know talk to him face to face and then but also uh olympic softball gold medals jenny finch was there i got to interview her first of a couple of times i got to do that and uh, olympic swimmer amanda beard uh was there and some other old baseball players that was super fun because it's just all fun you know and that was a pretty good experience i was trying to pull a lot of different stories from from that kind of stuff to uh fun stuff and serious stuff at the same time and uh, i think i had a column that was that actually did pretty well around here even though our, we are kind of conservative but it was about it was question putting into question how much uh sex appeal plays into women's sports like the rise of women's sports because the jenny finch softball player and amanda beard the swimmer had just uh like posted in sports illustrated swimsuit issue and uh 
they were trying to get more recognition for their sports. I mean, you don't ever hear. Well, Tom Brady posed social swimsuit issue, trying to get more, right. trying to get more people watching football. <laughs> like that doesn't happen the other way. Yeah. So um, you pull out some different, you know, some different things. But also talking to the old players was super fun. De- definitely some different layers of things. And then the next night was the home run derby, and that was epic because the auxiliary media seating, which is where I sat, because obviously I'm not covering the All Star game for ESPN or the Boston Globe or New York. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Or any of the Detroit papers or whatever. So we were out in right field, which is great, except it's the home run derby. So Big Poppy and Bobby Abreu went at it, and we were under fire <laughs> out there in the right field stands. Oh, my gosh. The, the media. Now, I knew that's where we were sitting because they told us where each of us were going to sit beforehand. I was there for the Futures game. I knew where my seat was, you know. I was just glad it didn't rain that whole week, so that was great. Yeah. But I brought, like, I know that some people were traveling from other places, but I brought my glove. <laughs> Because I knew that's where I was sitting. I watched as other reporters had their laptops smashed by home runs, uh, balls that one-hopped the seats and then hit the reporters themselves. Oh, my God. Uh, It was amazing. And I was sitting behind (laughs) a guy live-blogging it for ESPN who was about my age, and he and I were just laughing about it. And it was was unbelievable. Um, Oh, my gosh. uh, But, yeah, Abreu ended up winning that. But uh, I'm pretty sure. And, of course, I had the glove and nothing came within 10 feet of me, you right. know. Yeah. <laughs> you were snagging uh, them. Yeah. But Big Poppy did his best to get us, though. So oh, my sure. gosh. That's um, awesome. So that was super fun. And then the game itself, you know, it's the All-Star game. You know, like, my favorite part of the All-Star game is the intros. When all this, the best in the game are all on the baselines, and they, you know, intro- introduce each one. And it's just, I mean, you're talking, I mean, Jeter was there. Bonds was there. Clemens was, I mean, maybe Clemens was there. Pedro Martinez. Um, you know, it's epic stars of epic proportions you know are there and that was just uh that was just really really super cool and then uh before on monday before the home run derby they have media time where they do the national league then the american league and it's an hour each and everybody sits at their little thing and, like they do this for the super bowl you know like when, when marsha marshawn lynch is like i'm just here to not get fine sitting mm-hmm. in his little booth so they do that for the for the all-star game so you know you have an hour to just kind of peruse around so i got to talk to most of the, the all-stars i mean obviously more people were at certain people's booths than others so mm-hmm. uh, that was hard to get into but at the same time while a minute and a half people are interviewing Derek jeter you go the other the other way and you get a one-on-one interview with angels all-time hit leader garrett anderson you mm-hmm. know so and a lot of the Cub guys uh, that were there too, Aramis Ramirez, Derek Lee. Yeah, you know, I mean, Paul Canerco. That was an interview. Like, there's just it's just crazy. Like when you mm. think about all the people that I even got to ask one question to that mm. week, it was pretty epic. So, right. um, so that definitely makes my list because it was. There's just nothing like the All Star Game. It's got a different atmosphere than anything else, and the best of the best are there. And I've never had a, another week where I've interviewed Olympic gold medalists, my favorite baseball player of all time, and you know, like ten guys that are 10, 12 guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh my god. Yeah. So that was that was pretty. That was pretty exciting for sure yeah oh that's awesome man dang all right well hey uh on to number six and uh yeah number finale yeah almost there and uh or i'm sorry no all right yeah this is oh wait is this number one two three four five yeah this is number six okay oh i guess i actually have seven okay yeah my bad we'll let you have seven yeah all right yeah my bad my bad i can't count (laughs) quarantine my counting ability has actually decreased all right so all the all the readers get started giving them a hard time on social media yes yes i don't i clearly don't (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, number six, or we'll call it 6A. Six 6A. Six yeah, like there it. we go. Dan actually knows this one already. So I interned at the Sentinel before I worked here. My So I started as a stringer my junior year of college, and then by the winter semester junior year, that's when I did my internship. And at the end of it, kind of part of the reward was to go, you know, cover the senior PGA Championship at, was it Harbor Shores Golf Harbor Course? Harbor Shores, yeah, in yeah. Benton Harbor. Benton yep. Harbor, yep. And that was awesome. I So what I got to do was I, the first day, I was there two days. The first day was with Dan and Dan did like kind of the, you know, the major, you know, the game story and stuff. And I got to do like a little profile on Bernard Longer, a former Masters champion who was competing and got to talk to Bernard and he was, it was, that was really cool. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to a big time golfer here and uh, that was yeah, seen on TV. Ever, yeah. yeah. And he was really nice, really cool guy. And I really liked how that story came out. And then uh, the rest of that day, I just got to like kind of do whatever I wanted, just walk around, enjoy it. And that was sweet. And then Sunday, the final day of it, Dan, you had, uh, I believe it was like a reunion with like your like your friends, right? Your college friends or something, right? Right. We were having a reunion. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got to cover the final round on my own, which Solo. was... Yeah, which was like a at the time. I mean, even still, it's like this huge. Like, oh my god, this is some responsibility here. And right. <laughs> so like you know, I got there and like it was going well. I remember, I befriended one of the, the golf network guys, and he was really cool. And uh, or golf channel rather. And uh, so what it was was uh, it came down to Rocco Immediate, who uh, many golf fans will know as the guy that Tiger Woods went into the playoffs with at the U.S. Open. Um, the extra day, yeah. Yeah, back in like two thousand. I think it was two thousand eight. I want to say, and it came down to him and then Colin Montgomery, another kind of big name in the golf world and came down i mean literally down to the wire in the last couple holes and i think it was i think the situation was colin montgomery had like a one stroke deficit between him and Mediate. no one else was in it in contention at that point and they were in the same group and so Mediate hit a, a tee shot into the bunker on a par three and everybody's watching and i remember i almost didn't see this happen because you know i was trying to gauge okay there were some other people who were in contention that fell out right at the end and luckily i made the decision to go with their group so you know i'm walking up and i got a good sight line so here's rocco media in the bunker he hits the shot and what do you know he freaking hold it and freaking made the shot from the bunker right into the cup and that gave him like a three-stroke lead over montgomery heading into the 18th hole and basically the win unless you know somehow montgomery you know pulled some something out of a hat but and he ended up winning and i got to do the post game with him and stuff with all the other reporters and like that and they just hearing like the being a part of like the crowd and like roaring and seeing that ball go in like when he hit that shot was like amazing and that was like a really cool really really cool experience and that that golf course is so beautiful i couldn't even imagine attempting to play it because i'm so horrible at golf but uh it was really yeah it was really cool and uh that's definitely got that's got 6a for me so gotcha that's definitely been a fun one to a fun one to cover i've gotten to go a couple times too maybe two or three of the four times it's been there at least for a day there's nothing quite like that kind of atmosphere either Mm -hmm. um so yeah, got to ask a question of Tom Watson in the press conference one. Oh, man. The first one that was pretty awesome. <laughs> so yeah, Bo, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go to six B here too. So because I got a pretty good caboose finisher finale one. So alrighty. Well, hey, six B because I can't count. <laughs> so uh, as I think I've mentioned before, yeah, my uh, like my meat Bo Troutman column I did a few weeks ago that readers can find online. I before the Sentinel now that I, this job that I took in August, I worked for a paper right out of college in LaSalle, Peru, Illinois, which is in the center of the state in Illinois. And it's this little little community. Um, it's like double towns, kind of like Saugatuck Douglas. It's like two towns of like about 10,000 people each uh, right next to each other. That was my first job at a college. First time really moving away from home. It was like a really emotional 
final day, you know, when kind of, you know, seeing my family kind of leave and, <laughs> and there I was in my studio apartment, like, whoa, I'm an adult now, you know, because I went to Grand Valley, which is 45 minutes from Saugatuck, where I'm from, and that was like, whatever. But uh, so anyway, the first spring season I had, so I got there in July of 2017, my first spring season, which would have been in 2018, I did this column on the Hall baseball, Hall High School baseball team in uh, Spring Valley, Illinois, and they were in our coverage area, one of our top schools, and I did this column. It's still, I think, one of the funniest things, one of the funniest stories I've ever written. I did, like, this column on them, just kind of talking to them. I forget what the main folk... Oh, they had started a miniseries on Twitter, so, and it was called Bus Talk, and it was gaining, like, this crazy amount of traction on Twitter, like, getting, you know, hundreds, and actually, I think it went over thousands of views, or at least, like, one or two thousand. Uh, this little, te- like, little miniseries, it was all funny, kind of tongue-in-cheek humor, and I did this, like, Q&A with them that, like, went really, really well, and still, it's one of my favorite stories I've ever written, and so, anyway, fast forward to the end of the year, this team is really, really good. I mean, they're awesome. They have this one guy, uh, this catcher, Brant Vanneman, who's, uh, he's playing baseball at, uh, the University of Akron, I believe, right now. Akron or Toledo, I'll have to check on that, but anyway, uh, one of them, D1 school, uh, he had, you know, a bunch of home runs, and, like, they were really awesome to watch, really great team, really great chemistry, a lot of different personalities, and they ended up going all the way to the state championship and winning and I was there I was like the main one of the main writers and some of our other writers at the paper too jumped on it and we got to cover this thing and like it was just epic you know how they dominated and they had all these great players and all these signature wins and like you know with how cool everybody was in that team it was just so important to me it was like uh they played at where the Peoria Chiefs play a minor league team they played the the championship in the semifinal games there but they won yeah an IHSA state championship and like I'll never forget the day they won so like uh, I had to drive back and it was a Saturday and they had like this kind of the celebration uh, right after they had won back at the high school so I, I called my buddy who I still talk to to this day I actually talked to him last night uh, who I lived in the same apart- apartment complex as him at the time I'm like hey man like come to this thing dude because like, he was from Spring Valley come to this uh, celebration with me you know let's go let's go they just won you know I wrote my story already whatever so we get there and you know they do all the kind of the speeches and there's a bunch of people and it was at the gym of the high school school and uh, I remember the starting pitcher for the semifinal game who got the the key win to set up the championship matchup uh, gave me a shout out in front of everyone. He's like, hey, I want to give a, a, sh- a shout out to my favorite sports writers. He mentioned me and then another guy from another paper. And that was like, whoa, man, that was cool. It was like, and I really felt like really embedded in that community. And like, it was just like, that was like, I'll never forget too. We used to go, me and my buddy, uh, This there's this bar, this really special bar to us in LaSalle, Peru called Rudy's Tap Room, which I would highly recommend if you're ever going through LaSalle, Peru. And I'll never forget. at one point or another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know it's uh it's right off the 80 so it's really easy but anyway i'll never forget me and my buddy were like standing out there or standing or at there having a drink and like i remember just thinking like you know just soaking it all in you know of all the experiences i had and kind of how neatly wrapped up it was there at the end and like we're just like that, it was so cool man it was like this really epic experience and you know these aren't ranked but like i would say if these were like power ranked all these memories i, I would say that's that's right at or near the top uh, that was really one of my favorite moments as a sports writer so very cool very cool yeah there's nothing like the, the feeling ingrained in the community and i'm i'm hoping you're feeling more and more like that day by day oh, of course yeah. not these days where 
you're trapped in your house. But, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think of times like, wow, in, in a few years, what am I going to think about when I got to watch Grant Wolfram and Mike Machma pitch against each other or Chris mm. Machma and Adam Burkhorst? And you're talking about, you know, guys, four guys that are, you know, going to be professional baseball players, mm. you know, and just seeing things like that develop, which is pretty cool. So yeah. that kind of leads into my last memory. It's another epic weekend, Bo, just like I started off with. Oh, yeah. Um, and people and, and all you listeners who, who hung on for this last memory, hopefully it's worth it. It's a good story. Um, so I had one of those weekends where you get to that you get to that point with some people from your community where they make it big. So I, in one in one weekend, in one weekend, let's, we'll start with this one. So in, in one weekend, I saw some pretty epic things happen to some local kids. So the I was going Sunday, uh, the Sunday of the weekend, I was going to Soldier Field to watch Kirk Cousins play against the Bears. This is when he was with Washington. And he had not come back to Detroit or Chicago at that point, I don't think, um, based on when this was. I don't remember the exact year now, but a few years back now. <laughs> And um, because I know the last, you know, he he was in Detroit for sure. After that, as a in Washington, and then of course now he's in the same division as all these teams with Minnesota. But so that was the plan, and then put it together that the so in swimming they have this event called the duel in the pool, which is basically like golf Ryder Cup for swimming. It was the U.S. versus Europe, and so. That was in Indianapolis. So I was like, oh, all right. It's a, it was a two day event, I think Friday and Saturday. And then Cousins was Sunday. I was like, well, I'll go down to India and drive up Sunday, right? So Courtney Bartholomew from Holland was swimming at this duel in the pool. She was a member of Team USA at this point. And you had, I mean, you had Missy Franklin, you know, and all the, most of the Olympians at this point were there. I think Michael Phelps was swimming in this one. This is during one of his, you know, times off from the sport or whatever. But Ryan Lochte was there. Um, some of the biggest European stars were all there. And that is cool enough in itself. Um, this is, you know, after the first trials I've covered, I've been covering that swim nationals at the NCAA level and at the USA level because of all these epic swimmers we have. So, so I'm covering the, the, the meet. And the first thing that was awesome was a personal thing. The second day of the meet. I come in. Uh, this is. I'm still only working at the Sentinel at this point. I had not also picked up Swimming World yet, so I'm still a small town or a, a mid to small town. You know how we are, our size here, right. all you listeners. You know, sports editor at this point. And I, uh, I get there the second. I mean, I was there for the first day. You know, you, you do the normal thing. You watch them swim, do the interviews, write your story. You know, and Courtney swam fine. And the next day, I get in. I come in. And I'm walking. You know, I'm there a couple hours early. I'm walking, walking up, and Missy Franklin is getting her cap on ready to start warming up because it's a couple hours before the meet starts and i walked by you know and just i didn't want to interrupt but at the same time i was walking right by somebody too on the pool deck trying to get to the media room and i so i just i walked by i was like hey missy and she goes hey dan and i was like what <laughs> like i was trying to keep it cool though you know what i mean i was mm -hmm. like all right that's you know i was like oh cool you know good luck today whatever you know and i kept walking mm -hmm. and and inside i'm like oh my gosh she knows my name <laughs> um yeah. like and I thought that was the coolest thing, which also shows you how much swimming coverage we had for that to even be happening. But again, when you have people on the national team and then when you hear what happens next, you know, that's what you do. So the duel in the pool is, you know, it's set up short uh, for swim fans, short course, which is, you know, kind of like colleges, but it was short course meters instead of yards. The Olympics is long course. So it basically just means the same distance, but there's more turns uh, because it's a shorter, uh, shorter pool. It's 25 meters instead of 50 meters. Mm. Um, so there's just like every.
every event has like extra turns. So Courtney Bartholomew broke the American short course record in the 100 backstroke that night. So all of a sudden, Holland had an American record holder. Not bad when you consider all the other people in the event. Miss Franklin was in the event and the people from around the world in the event. It's not the same as the Olympics because it's not a long course event, but it's still an American record at a swim meet where you went head to head with about 20 Olympians. So that was pretty epic. And then to, clo to close the night out, she was on a relay that broke the world record. So in a matter of hours, I had gotten a high Dan from Missy Franklin and watched uh, somebody from Holland win uh, an American record and then be part of a world record relay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then the next day I got to drive up from Indy to Chicago and watch Kirk Cousins play in the NFL for the first time. Oh man. <laughs> so that was all in one weekend. You got some crazy uh, so weekends. That, <laughs> that, that was pretty epic as well. And Cousins won and, you know, winning late, just like he did the first time he, I saw him play in Detroit <laughs> and just about every other time. He's he, he's won two late and lost one late uh, in Detroit. And then he won late the one in Chicago I was in. So pretty, pretty cool. And, uh, you know, the last the last time he was in Detroit, me and the Sentinel shout out in the live press conference that was streamed on the NFL Network. Oh, man. So, he's like, Dan. I was like, this is Dandy Adana. When I after asked the question, he's like, yeah, that's Dandy Adana from the Holland Sentinel, my hometown paper. <laughs> he's always at the big stuff, you know, whatever. And I was like, yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was interesting. A funny little side note, though, that first time I, I did not get to ask him a question. It was a little bit of a rude awakening because Washington does their press conferences different than Minnesota or in Detroit. And, you know, the, the beat writers each got to ask one question. And after three minutes, they took him away. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, my so, God. I had a much better experience talking to Olympic swimmers that weekend than I did somebody from my own town <laughs> oh, um, yeah. because they didn't really explain how it was going to go and they just kind of pulled the hook on them real quick and yeah. Uh, it was interesting. I still got, you know, enough for a story, but it was like, all right, come on now. I wanted to be a part of it. You know, you get there. Right. And uh, um, thankfully, I've been able to see him play at some other NFL games and stuff. But uh, it was still really cool seeing him for the first time and uh, just sitting there It's in the press box at Soldier Field, you know, thinking, wow, this is where Walter Payton played. This is where, you know, Super Bowl Shuffle was born. This is, you know, <laughs> where Mike... Ditka and Dick Butkus played and Gail Sayers and Brian Song and all these things, Walter Payton, like just Mike Singletary, one of my favorite players ever. That was really cool. That was definitely really yeah. cool. So so that's uh, that's what I'm going to end with as far as that. Another started and ended with an epic weekend. Uh, <laughs> so different kinds of epic weekends. In that in the weekend, driving to Indy and Chicago and back, that was still way less than half <laughs> driving to Virginia and back. Uh, but uh, yeah, super fun. I'm glad we could share some some of these memories with you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we know, I know we were a little long-winded in these, but you got to be when you're talking about your memories. Otherwise, the stories aren't fun. So hopefully we've got this. Is Hopefully this is just the start. And the next time we do something like this, we have even new things crashing our top six or six and a half, as Bo would count. And yeah, I mean, that, just and that's leaving out how many state championships have we covered? How many great athletes have we covered? How many pro athletes have we covered? You know, like there's how many postseason runs have we covered? How many no-hitters? You know, like there's so many different little things that are in there, too. We are very, uh, very, uh, very blessed to be covering sports in a town of our size that has this kind of power in all kinds of sports. I mean, swimming track has become as strong as swimming and we've got 50, 54 Division One athletes this year. We had uh, NCAA Division One athletes. We've got cousins in the NFL. We've got Luke Wachowski in the NHL. Um 
We've got two basketball players playing professionally in Europe. We've got, you know, great Hope and Grand Valley teams. And all of our high schools are really good, if not really great, at at least one sport, if not more. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's unbelievable when you think about people covering stuff in different areas of the state and how they don't have nearly as much <laughs> stories to tell. Uh, as we do both. So it's, right. uh, it's, it's uh, something I got to remember, especially when we're in a hiatus right now from actual competition. <laughs> right. <laughs> could be worse. We could be in a hiatus somewhere else where there's really nothing going on. <laughs> so yeah. um, hopefully you're enjoying some of our stories about some of our college seniors as they f- have finished up their careers now because of the virus. Um, and we'll be bringing you more stories about uh, high school seniors and some of the high school kids that, uh, you know, looking forward to, to what they have in store as well. So, Bo, any final thoughts? Um, no, I think just, uh, yeah, keep staying home, everyone, and, uh, yeah, keep washing your hands. Yeah, that's right, keep washing your hands, and, uh, Bo and I will be back next week, and hopefully next week will be the time we talk about our favorite memories as fans. So this will be, uh, stuff growing up, or stuff we were in the stands for, not in the press box, uh, or stuff that we saw on, you know, on TV from home, or whatever. So it'll be a little bit different spin on things, but you know, these are always kind of fun things to share. And if you've got some great fan memories, I'll say this at the next one too, since we're at the tail end of this one. And uh, I'm sure we've lost a few listeners just <laughs> by the length of it. <laughs> but but uh, if you've got some great memories of yourselves as fans and you want to email them to sports at com, that would be great that we can, you know, start a dialogue about, you know, favorite moments and, and uh, share some bonds as fans. So, um, but look out for that next week week and uh for Bo I'm Dan have a great and safe week and yes stay safe and healthy